live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. We're broadcasting here from our offices in Alexandria, Virginia. We come as the Program and Publications Department from the Salvation Army National Headquarters. Thank you for taking a few moments today to listen to our ongoing Fight for Good podcast today. With me is our Assistant to the Editorial Director, Michelle Caceres. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Today's podcast, Michelle's going to be sharing the interview that she had with YouTuber Janine Amapola. And Michelle, I guess my first question to you always is, how are you doing? <laughs> good. I'm doing good. And the second question is, where in the world do you find all of these fabulous people that you're kind of bringing in here for the Fight for Good podcast? You know, honestly, most of them are people that I already follow, and Janine's one of them. I had been following her for a very long time, and she is probably the most outspoken person about her faith, especially for being an influencer. She's very um, upfront and open about her beliefs. And so I see that on her social media, and I just go, she'd be the perfect person to bring on our podcast. So why is her message important? Her message is important because she is a millennial and if you have been watching her since way back in the day you can literally see her growing up on youtube you know she goes through heartbreaks she goes through school she goes through family drama friend drama and at the end of the light she always kind of keeps her face towards god you know really when you are talking to a lot of these people i think about you know they all have an important message Uh, some of them are you know building a business and and whatever but they're all making themselves vulnerable uh, because they're, you know, especially it sounds like she's just like upfront sharing from her heart. What, what are, uh, what were like some of the things, did she share any things with you of any concerns or uh, challenges that she faces? Um, You know, she really just shares most of it is the hate that she gets online, you know, you can never make everyone happy all the time. So even if it's just a simple workout or recipe thing that she's sharing online, she's still going to get hateful comments, you know, and then when she talks about faith, yeah, she's going to have some people who maybe aren't comfortable talking about that. But then she gains a lot of new followers and subscribers because people will reach out to her and say, I needed to hear this, like, I'm looking for more faith based creators. And it's a very, you know, special niche that the war cry and Janine have. And I just felt like she was the perfect person to kind of bring on and share that message. We encourage you to give a listen to Michelle's interview with YouTuber Janine Amapola. All right. So today we're talking with Janine. Janine, go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Janine Amapola. I'm from Dallas, Texas. And I moved to Los Angeles two and a half years ago and was one of the best decisions I made, even though I am still a Texas forever kind of gal. Um, I'm 26 years old. I started my YouTube channel, which I'm a YouTuber, influencer, social media. I don't know how how to fully describe it, but social media influencer, blogger, and now a podcaster. I'm starting a podcast here very soon. And I've been doing this for 10 years and I love what I do. That's great. And when did you get 
uh, start your career on YouTube? Yeah. So I started when I was 16 years old, um, started out of my bedroom. I was um, homeschooled growing up. And so it was just kind of my like outlet on basically, you know, just trying to have a place for creativity. So I um, just out of my bedroom, I took my dad's mini uh, like Canon camera and started filming videos. And I just always knew I wanted to be within the film world. I always knew I loved um, editing and graphic designing and just being on camera and entertaining people. And so um, after I started watching a bunch of other influencers and just YouTubers, I just decided, I was like, I think this is something I could probably do myself. And so I started uploading videos and just absolutely loved it. I never in my life thought it would become what it has. And then when I went to the University of Texas, um, my junior year of college, my channel like just completely took off and I grew from 200,000 to a million subscribers in like a couple months. And all of a sudden my life just completely flipped upside down and I just absolutely love what I do. And did you ever expect it to become a full-time job? No, I definitely did not. Um, when I started, I mean, to me, it was just completely like, first of all, it was a joke. It was just a hobby. It was something I just completely did for fun. Um, I actually thought about quitting a, a couple times because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this with like college and cheerleading and a sorority and family and friends and trying to date. I was like, I don't know if I even have time for this. But once it really just took off, I was just like, okay, I want to do this full time. I started fully dedicating all my time to making sure I uploaded once a week. And then next thing I knew, I was just getting like flown out to do like commercials and magazines. And it was just, it was so crazy. And so once like I just saw how much joy it brought me and how I was helping people, that's when I was like, okay, I'm giving this a hundred percent and I love this so much. So I'm, I'm just going to do this full fledged. That's great. And what has been your favorite project like that YouTube has brought into your life? Like what has been your favorite collab or project that you've gotten to work on? Oh, wow. I mean, there's been so many awesome brands that I've gotten to work with. Like, I mean, I got to be in um, like Teen Vogue magazine. I got to work with American Airlines and shoot a video in Dallas for um, their plane. So I, I was on every single plane for American Airlines. That was prob probably one of my most favorites. Um, even like MTV and Starbucks, I did a little commercial for them as well. So there's just been so many awesome things I've been like blessed to do just like doing commercials with like CMT and CoverGirl and just getting to meet like the coolest people has been such a blessing and then anytime that I get to like meet my followers like at events or doing a meet and greet or anything of that sort um just brings me so much so much joy so I love anything where I just get to connect with my audience more that's great and what advice would you give to anyone who's looking to start a career as an influencer yeah, I think something that a lot of people are really worried about is they're worried that this market is just so saturated already that they feel like you know, where where is a place for me, which totally makes sense just because it is oversaturated and there is, you know, a lot of people doing this now. But I think something that people need to remember is that there really is only one of you. You bring your own unique story, experiences, past um, personality, things that you enjoy. Um, so I would just say find really what makes you unique and, and different and, and hone in on that. And just remember, like, you know, you are one of you. Everything else has pretty much been done. So the best thing you can do, and as cliche as it sounds, is just to be yourself because people don't want to 
fall in love with a facade or something that's truly not you only for it to fade away later and them to find out that really wasn't you the whole time. And so from the very beginning, just be consistent, be yourself, find what you enjoy, post what you love. If you don't find yourself enjoying what you're posting, then find something else to post and just keep showing up and know that it will take time. But once you keep putting in the work and keep being consistent, it will start paying off and you will just see so much fruit and joy from this job. And you'll get to help people and just remember that the goal hopefully is to help people and to give back to people. Yeah. And we, we talked a little bit before we had technical difficulties, <laughs> just that, you know, it's so yeah. different, um, YouTube compared to like, you know, reality TV star, like celebrities, because, you know, YouTubers and influencers tend to be a lot more relatable. Um, and we had kind of talked about, I had seen Shelby last summer, Shelby church, and she really surprised me with how nice she was and how down to earth. And I walked away just being like, she's a really cool person. And I think that sometimes, you know, influencers, celebrities are put on this pedestal of like, they're almost unattainable. And, you know, that's not true. And I think that, um, especially in that industry, like you want to show, show every side of you because like you are still human and you're more attainable and more relatable than we said, like the celebrities in the gossip magazines. <laughs> yes. Cannot agree more. And I think it's just so cool because we really do get to share every aspect of our lives. So people can connect with us so they know the ups and the downs and the heartbreaks and the struggles and the things we've been through. And I think that's what just allows us to be more relatable and to connect with people on a deeper level. Yeah. And um, so something you talk about on your channel a lot is you have a very big and diverse family. Can you go ahead and tell us a bit about them? Yeah. So that's just been something that I, growing up, I was really confused about. It was kind of like, man, why would God like put me in this situation? But I grew up um, homeschooled with two immigrant parents, the youngest of seven kids, and just kind of in a different environment than I would say most of my friends have grown up. Um, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So my dad is from Germany. My mom is from Guatemala. They met Guatemala, saw each other, love at first sight, got married six months later, had seven kids, raised us all in Texas. Um, my parents still live in the same house that I was basically born in. Um, and so I just grew up with like two completely different cultures. I mean, the European culture and the Latin culture are so, so different. I mean, typically what I've seen growing up is my dad is the more kind of like rigid, type A, strict, um, loves to have, you know, order beyond time, more punctual. My mom is the more kind of like lackadaisical person. She loves to just kind of make her own time schedule. And she's just very like lively and she's very affectionate. And the two different cultures, um, I wouldn't trade them for the world because they both taught me such cool, unique things. And I got to learn different languages growing up. And I got to learn from my mom kind of like how to, you know, dance and be affectionate, how to cook and how to just like love on people. But with my dad, I feel like I learned how to be like punctual and clean and orderly. And I mean, both of them taught me some really cool things from their cultures. And I ate different things growing up than most of my friends ate, wore different things and just had different languages growing up. And we learned a lot about um, like art because both my parents' countries are very big into certain arts like music and painting and dance and even like creating different clothing and stuff. And so I growing up was just really, I think, a little confused of like, where do I fit, especially growing up in the South and growing up in America and growing up in mainly predominantly white um, surroundings. I was kind of like, where do I fit? Like, what really am I? Like, where do I belong? But 
in the in the beginning it kind of was confusing but I've grown to fully like love myself and to be proud of my cultures to be proud of who I am as well as being proud to be American and I'm just thankful for every experience I've had and I would never trade it for the world that's great and I have to ask do you speak German and Spanish I speak a little bit of both, actually. Um, we didn't grow that. We didn't grow up learning them fluently. But if my dad says something to me or my mom says something to me, I can't understand it. But I've also learned both those languages in school, and I try to keep up with them by, you know, using uh, language apps and watching different movies and just speaking to my parents in those languages. So I'm not fluid, but it's definitely enough to get by. That's awesome, though. It's very a very unique combination. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in the past few years, you've been really open about your faith online. Do you ever receive any backlash because of that? Yeah, I do actually. Um, because the more that I am opening myself up to, you know, my, my life and my past and my story, the more that it ba basically subjects me to criticism. And so, you know, there's a lot of YouTubers that prefer just to kind of keep it surface level, which is totally fine. Um, but for me, I, I do share most of my life and a big, big part of my life is my faith. It's changed my life. It's changed who I am. It's changed how I view the world and I, how I look at people and how I treat people. And so, it, it's something that I talk about quite often. And so, I get people commenting like, oh, this is all you all you talk about and it's so frustrating. I wish you would talk about other things and it's just not relatable anymore. And then I get people who kind of use my faith against me and say, well, if you're a Christian, then why don't you say this? Or if you're a Christian, why do you do that? And so it definitely is really frustrating. But I think as a Christian and just being a human being on the internet, that's something you have to expect is that you're going to receive lashback. You're going to receive criticism. And that's something that I just have to be okay with and I have to accept um, and I, I try to find the balance of like, yes, I want to share my faith and I want to share my life and what God's teaching me. But also I still want to share things that aren't necessarily related to that, whether that's like fashion or travel tips or food or anything of that sort. When you do get like that criticism, um, do you find that like maybe spending more time with God kind of like gives you clear answers on how to handle that, that criticism or backlash about your faith? Yeah. I mean, I have to find like multiple ways to deal with it because I think anybody would be lying if they said that it didn't affect them or hurt them because it totally does, especially when people don't know the full picture and they're assuming based off of a photo or a vlog or something of that sort. Um, so there's kind of multiple ways I go about it is like, you know, first and foremost, I have to just surrender to the Lord. I have to say, God, like this is not my identity, what these people are saying about me, like your praise and approval is what matters to me most and always trying to remember that and remembering that human praise is not what I need. I need God's approval and praise first and foremost. And then I think just spending time with the Lord helps so much. Like when I do journal, I will talk about that in my journal to the Lord. Like my journals are always like to God and just kind of being like, God, like, you know, this really hurt me or affected me or, or maybe there is something I need to learn from this. Like I'm always open to at least take the criticism or try to learn from it, or, you know, maybe they could be right. And so I never try to just shut it down unless I'm completely like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this person's assuming something about me. Um, and then secondly, or even thirdly, I, um, kind of go to my peers and my like mentors and my friends and my parents and just kind of be like, Hey, someone said this about me. Like, what do you think? Or that really hurt me. Just try to get people people's opinions just to kind of help me. Cause a lot of the times people are like, Janine, that is so not true. Like, don't even believe that. 
And then sometimes my friends are like, you know, they, they might be right. And so I have to process that a lot with my peers and that helps me out a lot. And when something really does affect me, I have friends like pray over me or just kind of help me walk through it. And so I'm really, really thankful for the circle I'm in. Yeah, definitely. And when did you find God? Was it something you were raised with or was there a pivotal moment in your life that kind of brought you to him? Yeah. I mean, I've always grown up in a really Christian home. I mean, my parents weren't Christians when they first came to America and then they found Christ here. And based upon that, then they knew like, we want to raise our children in a Christian home. And so I always grew up, um, you know, knowing about Jesus, going to church every single Sunday, reading the word, we watched Christian movies. My dad would constantly read the Bible to us. My mom would pray over us every single night. So it was always something that was in my surrounding, something that was implemented in my family, which I'm really, really thankful for because I had really awesome parents that have led me and guide me and were amazing examples of godly parents. But, you know, when you grow up in a Christian household, it just kind of becomes numb to where you hear this stuff so much. And there has to become a point in your life where it becomes your own faith and you decide, why is it that I believe this? And so when I was 14 years old, I was kind of forced to go to this church camp called Youth for the Nations. It's at the Church Christ for the Nations in Dallas. Um, was kind of forced to go to it. Didn't want to. I ended up going and having my life just like radically changed there where I encountered the Holy Spirit. And I just knew at that moment, I was like, I know Jesus is real. I know he's changed my life. And so at that moment, I fully surrendered my heart to the Lord. And I was like, I want to follow Jesus with everything within me. And so all of high school... I was doing that pretty well. And then college came around. And especially since I grew up in a very sheltered home, you know, I got to college and it was kind of like everything kind of went out the window. And so I was really tested there. I was exposed to things. I was partying a lot in college and I kind of felt like I just put my faith on the back burner. And then um, after college, when I moved back to Dallas and moved to California, God just again radically changed my life again, where he brought some incredible people back in my life. I got involved involved in a Bible study. I got a Bible study leader, got involved in this church. I started meeting all these awesome Christians. And then I also got in a relationship that really called me higher and kind of called me out on some things that I was really unaware of. And so, you know, this is a whole nother story, my whole testimony, but based upon all those factors, um, I started realizing, I was like, I cannot be living a double life anymore. And so that's again, when I just fully surrendered again to the Lord, I was like, God, like, I want to do this again. I want to surrender again. And now I feel like I have been just faithfully walking with the Lord for the past two years. And I'm so thankful that God has just changed my life. And so I wouldn't say it was just like one pivotal moment. I think the Christian walk is kind of an up and down situation. It's not always going to be perfect and it is a narrow road. And so um, I think God has always been sovereign and walking with me faithfully. And now I'm just trying to walk faithfully back with him. Yeah. And you kind of um, already touched on this, but when you're making a really big life decision, such as moving in California, do you typically rely on like your friends and family's advice? Do you turn to God, maybe all of the above? All of the above for sure. I mean, for example, when it was with for the California decision or even when I'm dating somebody, um, I always seek the counsel of people around me because, you know, as you read through Proverbs, it's always asked, it's always talking about seeking counsel, seeking wisdom, you know, getting people around you to help you make decisions. So for example, when I moved to California, um, I asked the Lord for peace. I was like, God, if this is something you want me to do, I pray you open the door. I pray you 
confirm it. And I pray you give me peace. And I felt like he did all of those things. And then I asked my parents what they thought. I asked my friends what they thought. And my parents, even though they weren't too excited about it, they both were like, we bless you. And we know that you will be faithful with your walk with Christ. And we trust that God's going to take care of you. And so once I started getting all the confirmations and the doors kept opening, I felt like it was a green light from the Lord. And I just felt so much peace. And to me, peace is like a compass for any decision I'm making. And it's so evident and clear why God brought me here, because being here, my life has completely changed for the better. So I know that God um, used that decision for his glory. And so, yeah, definitely like all of the above that, as you said. Yeah. And being in California, um, especially during COVID right now, how has that kind of shifted your career as an influencer? Yeah, it's been really, really, really hard. I'm not going to lie. You know, I just got back from Texas yesterday. I was in Texas for a month and a half just because COVID was pretty bad here and everything was shut down. So I went to spend time with my family because I hadn't seen them in a while. So I spent a lot of time with my family, but it definitely did reveal to me how important our jobs are and how much the internet, you know, won't fade away and how Um, how much influencers do have an impact and how important our voices are and us leading by example and also kind of just showing like how it also can be very, very hard in these times because, you know, with COVID and everyone, you know, wanting us to be an example and a social distance and to wear a mask, like I was facing so many different opinions from people and people criticizing me and telling me what to do. And so it definitely made me realize like I absolutely love my job and I love what I do. But also, again, people's opinions make this job really, really hard because a lot of people assume things or they criticize you or they just want to get mad at you for, you know, a small reason. And so um, it made me realize, again, like this job is not going anywhere because of COVID all, you know, everyone's on the Internet 10 times more. People are looking for influencers for entertainment. You know, everyone's on their phones and people are shopping more. So it made me realize like, okay, wow, like my job is needed. But then also it made me realize like, okay, wow, like everyone's watching me. Like my life is a microscope. Like everyone is, you know, ostracizing everything that I do. So it made me realize I need to take what I post and everything 10 times more seriously. Yeah, definitely. Um, And kind of shifting gears back a little bit, we talked about how some people can be really really hard on influencers who are open about their faith. Do you find that you've lost or maybe gained some subscribers or followers because you've been open about your beliefs? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think it's actually been pretty evened out because I think the people that don't really care for it have been kind of like, okay, whatever, like this just isn't for me and they've left. But then I've gained a whole nother audience of people that are so passionate about it, that are just eager to learn, eager to grow. And during COVID is when I started doing, I did the the Bible challenge. I did the 21 day Bible challenge with the book of John. I also did the 31 day Bible challenge with the book of Proverbs. And I do weekly Bible studies. And I formed this Facebook page called the Abide Tribe. I formed a community called the Abide Tribe. And so that's like the community of my girls that are really seeking the Lord and seeking community and wanting to read the word and know more about God. And so even though it's definitely like weaning out the people that don't care for it, or maybe, you know, they're looking at me and like, oh, this is all she talks about. It's really bringing to the light the people that really do care and that do want to hear this. And so I feel like during COVID, I really gained a really loyal, faithful 
um, faithful audience that shows up every single week, shows up every single day. And so, yeah, it's hard to definitely lose people. But at the same time, I would rather have, you know, my close, really loyal, faithful followers than people that don't really care and that are just kind of nitpicking my life apart. And so, yeah, I definitely think I've lost and gained a lot during COVID, but it's been okay. And I think that's, that's fine. That's part of being an influencer. Yeah, it's true. Cause you're going to grow up and you're not going to, you know, be the same person you were 10 years ago. So your followers, your following probably does change, you know, every year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Aside from like your followers, um, how has your YouTube channel and your platform in general, like your Instagram and everything else, how has that changed since you've been more open about your faith? Like maybe the certain kind of brands you do deals with or certain type of pictures you post, has any of that changed? Yes, it actually has. <laughs> yeah, definitely has changed. I mean, I definitely make now more faith-related content. Um, I've changed definitely what types of pictures I post. I think I used to post a lot of bikini photos, and it's not that they were ever like sexual or anything like that. I've never really been a person like that. I think I just, as I've deepened my faith, I, I definitely try to think a little bit more before I post a picture of like, okay, how would someone perceive this or would this be God honoring? And then I definitely make my posts more centered on the Lord. Um, and then I think also just my content, I used to do, um, more videos that maybe didn't fully represent Christ or maybe weren't really talking about Christ. And that was fine and all, but I think as I've developed my relationship with the Lord, I want to make my content more focused on that and just always be a light to people and always try to leave somebody with something to think about or something to benefit them or help them or grow their faith a little bit more. And then it's definitely changed um, the brand deals I've done. I, I work with a lot more Christian brands now. I've done so many different more Christian speaking engagements. Um, you know, people want me to be part of different Christian conferences now. It's been such a blessing of, of just people wanting me to write a book now and like just working with so many different other Christian influencers and going to conferences for that. And so it has seriously opened up so many doors and I'm really thankful for it because that's what I want. I, I really ultimately want people to know the Lord and I want people to see how great he really is. And so I'm thankful for the direction it's it's gone. Um, but I also still want to always have that healthy balance of like still doing my other content that gears towards my other audience, but still always bring it back to Christ. Yeah, definitely. And I think you do a great job of that too. Um, and again, just being a fan myself, I mean, I've seen your videos. It feels kind of weird being like, I know a lot about your life, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you do, you, you shared, you know, your experience with college and you've grown up and you shared your heartbreaks online. Um, you just, you know, you share all of that kind of in between. How do you keep some of your private life private? Yeah. That's something that as I've gone older and again, as I've been reading the book of Proverbs of just like discernment and knowing what to say and not to say and thinking before you speak, um, I've, I've, there's been several things. One I've seen, you know, by me being too open, I've seen how people have used it against me or people have criticized me by that. And so I try to always find the balance now of like, okay, I want this to help somebody. I want this to, you know, relate to somebody. I want this story or this pain that I went through to help someone in that situation that they're going through, especially breakups, because breakups are such a common thing. And by me sharing my breakups, I've been able to help a lot of other girls in their breakups. But there's definitely been times where I'm like, okay, like I've watched an old video and I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And I've even had, you know, my mentor, like that's somebody that's helped me a lot. 
um, in the process of being like, hey, like, don't think you should say that or, you know, be careful of how much you share. So I always try to have the wisdom of like, okay, maybe I can share it once I've gone through it or once I pass it or once I've know God, if God has healed me through it. Or just even realizing like, that's just something I shouldn't say, period. That's something that's more meant for me to process with my parents, my family, friends, mentor, you know, my Bible study girls. And then there are certain things where I'm like, no, like I know my testimony and my story is meant to set someone else free. And so there are definitely times where I still will share it as awkward or weird as it may be. I'm still going to share it because I know that it will help somebody. And so it's constantly just having to weigh the pros and cons and have the healthy discernment and discretion and just trying to think a little bit before I speak. And even if I film it, I'll go back to my editing twice and I'll be like, okay, how could this be perceived? What would someone think? And I'll kind of think through it before I post it. Definitely. And um, I'm going to skip ahead to one question real quick. What would your advice for others who might be shy or scared to share their faith online? What advice can you give them? Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice is if it could save someone's life, it could, could prevent someone from spending eternity in, in hell or eternity in somewhere that you know you wouldn't want them to end up. If you know it could save someone, it could change their life, it could set someone free. If your story um, could possibly set someone free from the exact same thing you're going through, then I say it is worth it. And once you start seeing how God will change your life and how he will set you free. It's like, you can't help but share it. So to me, it's like, I, I don't want to be embarrassed because like there's, I think it's Romans 1 16. It's like, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I don't want to be ashamed of it because it is this gospel that has set me free. It has changed my life. So I want people to, to see the gospel as that, like it should not be something you should be embarrassed about or nervous about, but it should be something that you're proud of and you, and you shout from the rooftops and not in a prideful way, not in a way that you're condemning anybody, but from a perspective of like, look what God has done in my life. And I want you to have this same free gift that has changed my life. And once you start looking at it from that perspective, you know, start slowly opening up and start slowly being like, this is what God has done in my life. And I want you to have this too. And it shouldn't be something you should be shameful of, even though people might make you feel that way. And so just start small, start maybe posting Bible verses, or maybe share your story or start posting maybe worship songs, but start doing it because you never know what your life or your testimony or what your post could do to change someone else's life. And if it changes at least one person's life, then it is worth it. Yeah, definitely. And um, what is your favorite Bible verse and why? So my Bi-Tribe girls know this, um, and it is John 15. That is basically, it's that whole chapter, actually. It's what I have based my life around, what I've based my platform around, what I've based my Bi-Tribe page around. Um, John 15 just talks all about how we are um, the vines on his branch and how like he prunes us and he wants us to grow healthy fruit and like all talking about how if we remain in him, if we abide in him, then um, and we abide in his love, like talking about how our life will be more fruitful and things will go well for us. And I just think that if you abide in God and you abide in Jesus in 
anything you do, any decision you make, you cannot go wrong. And so the reason why I started the Abide Tribe is like, I want us to be a unity of people that abide in the Lord. We chase the Lord together. And so whenever I'm making a decision, I'm like, okay, how can I abide in the Lord in this decision? Does this honor the Lord? Does this help me bear more fruit or does this pull me away from God more? And so John 15 is just a beautiful example of just God in our life and how he wants to prune us. He wants to grow us. He wants to make us closer to him. And apart from him, we really can't do life well. And so I want to always constantly remain a part of his true vine and be a a branch that grows healthy fruit. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a great uh, chapter. (laughs) I was was like, it was like a great verse. I was like, nope, that's a whole chapter. (laughs) But, and that's, that's a good one too. I think, especially for young females, um, you know, especially at the younger generations, I do think that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it helps to build confidence. So that way, you know, young girls aren't like peer pressured into like things they're not comfortable with or, you know, you know, like stuff like body issues and things like that. I think having those positive message messages um, can definitely help kind of guide people the right way. <laughs> yes, that's the goal. Um, and then do you have any other comments for our listeners and readers? Anything else you want to share? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just Hopefully um, you guys will just check me out and you will um, just overall hear my message in my heart. Um, I think a lot of people kind of can look at my platform and can kind of look at my life and, um, you know, might think I'm trying to shove my beliefs or anything down their throats, but that's never my goal. My heart and intention behind everything I do is I just want people to be set free. I want people to be happy and healthy in all aspects of life, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that's just always my goal. Um, I'm here to love people and to help people and just to show them the light and the truth. And so hopefully they get that from my page and hopefully they will check out my platforms and my new podcast that's coming soon. And just remember to always abide in the Lord in anything you do and it will go well for you. That was Janine Amapola. To read Michelle's full interview with Janine, check out www.thewarcry.org. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the Warcry in Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.